Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a shameless quizzling to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the appeal to loyalty. Yeah, so loyalty is a big thing for Trump. Oh, God, yeah. He's very keen on people being loyal to him and not very keen on being loyal to other people. But this is a fallacy only where it involves... Using loyalty to to give people a reason to believe in something, in suggesting, rather than actually giving them evidence, just saying, well, you should just believe this because someone you should be loyal to is saying right. it. Or if you, if you don't believe this, you're being disloyal to me or to the country or to whatever. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't cover things like him asking for loyalty from James Comey, for example. Right. Because you... Like being loyal to someone or expecting other people to be loyal to you isn't isn't logically wrong. It's just yeah, you know, that's fine. In in some cases, Sometimes if the loyalty is earned, especially, it's not a problem. Yeah, but if you demand it without any of that, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, it doesn't cover weird situations like requiring children to pledge allegiance to a flag every day by law. That's pretty strange. That's a little bit weird, but not a logical fallacy. Just a bit bit weird bit emotionally <laughs> demanding if nothing else you know but indoctrination certainly yeah yeah so it's only <laughs> it's only a fallacy if you if you're um using the loyalty aspect in instead of providing an answer you're actually questioning somebody's loyalty for asking the question in the first place yeah essentially if if you are trying to get people to either accept something or not question something because they should just be loyal. And if they question it or if they disagree with you, they're not being loyal yeah. in some way, then, yeah, that's that's fallacious. Yeah. So our first example comes from Trump uh, talking about the press not accepting his version of the election results. <laughs> in other words, that the election was rigged. <laughs> and this was when he went yeah. to Georgia in advance of the Senate runoff election. Unless they can say something bad about you, they don't want to talk about it. So if we talk about certain subjects that you've been watching over the last six months, all of a sudden they were getting clobbered. So they went stone cold silent. Big tech, the fake news media, they go silent anymore. They don't talk about it. And that is the beginning of communism. That's exactly what happens. Because I think they hate our country and they despise Georgia values. Yeah, big tech and the media not talking yeah. about how the election was rigged. Communism, yeah. Is, is the beginning of communism. Yeah. It's because they hate yeah. America. And rather than <laughs> having a faith in facts and truth and and the findings of the Electoral College. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or uh -huh. or even the fact that any investigations actually returned no evidence to the fact that the thing was rigged. And yeah, yeah. So it's all so it's all about the fact that they're not asking these questions. Oh, yeah, so there you go. That's the opposite, isn't it? The fact that they're not asking questions about how rigged it was, that means they're 
just, they hate America. And yeah. that's, that's just communism <laughs> through the back door. Yeah, absolutely. That's the beginning of communism. So <laughs> our second example comes from uh, actually just a whole situation rather than a kind of quote. So I don't have a clip to play. It's about the essentially ousting from the Republican Party of people like Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, and essentially anyone who questions Trump's version of the election being rigged. Yeah. What has come to be called in the media Trump's big lie. Yeah. He is still somehow, for some weird reason, so in control of the Republican Party in general Mm. that anyone who doesn't toe the line and say, yeah, the election was rigged, Trump, Trump really won, Biden didn't win, is seen as being disloyal to both him and to the Republican Party in general. And so it gets people like Liz Cheney booted off her committee assignments and things like that just because they are actually, she and Kinzinger are part of the investigation that is even questioning what happened in the insurrection, what happened in, in on January 6th. Mm. The fact that they're prepared to right. take yep. part in that and say we should actually find out what happened who was responsible for it and you know maybe people should be held responsible means that they're not loyal they're not loyal republicans so um they if they were they should just accept yeah and that the the loyalty to the party is more important than just pointing out the facts and the truth and asking for an investigation into what actually happened so just saying uh, actually, do you not agree that this was a terrible thing and we ought to look into how it could possibly happen and how do we stop it happening again? Because what it does is bring our party into disrepute. That is less important than pretty much unquestioning loyalty in slavish faith of and devoted devotion to Trump. That yeah, that's that's the thing. That's what it comes down to. And yeah, it, you know, there's not absolutely. there are it, it's not dissimilar to the current uh, regime in the Labour Party. That if you are in some way a supporter of left wing principles that were espoused by Corbyn during the what's what's now called the Corbyn Project within Labour Party then you are disloyal to the Labour Party. So there are people being booted out of the Labour Party that have been there, you know, since before Starmer was born kind of thing, certainly since before he was a um, a Labour MP. And they're being chucked out because they're having the temerity in the face of what Labour wants to do to ask questions about, well, hang on a minute, why are we, why are we doing this to the left wing? Why are we doing this? They just get booted out. And now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics. Corner. Well, speaking of the loyalty thing for Boris, what's left of Boris's inner circle do twist themselves inside out with his appeal to loyalty whilst defending his outrageous things like the Jimmy Savile comment or, or lying about the fraud statistics or all of that kind of stuff, which is... You know, they're kind of when they trot out. Well, it's parliamentary privilege, so it means you can't libel anyone in the House of Commons because there's a parliamentary privilege which allows you to say anything at all, whether it's untrue, 
or you know legally <laughs> legally def- uh, indefensible mm-hmm. right, you could do that um so that's kind of the def- the, the last bastion where they go oh it's parliamentary privilege well you know full well he's done something terribly wrong and they're kind of doing that whilst defending his under police investigation activities and boris himself accuses the opposition of disloyalty to whatever cause he's hiding those under police investigation activities behind whenever he's asking prime minister's questions about the latest under police investigation activities. But I've not gotten near prime minister's questions this week, basically for the sake of my mental health. But instead, I've journeyed back to the halcyon days of Dominic Cummings sitting in a sunny garden in May 2020, happily telling lies about why he broke lockdown rules by driving to Barnard Castle to test his eyesight. Such innocent days of yore. And I'd say it's difficult to find anyone as straightforwardly exasperated about the media's disloyal behaviour when asking those pesky questions of Dominic Cummings as Debbie from the West Midlands phoning into talk radio. I definitely think that they're being disloyal to Boris Johnson and the government and and indeed to Dominic Cummings. I, I think that they need to remember that they might not be in a job if it wasn't for Dominic Cummings as, yeah. as the, the architect of um, Brexit. And um, that was one of the reasons why they won such a huge majority in the general election. And Dominic Cummings was behind all that. So I think it's in, incredibly disloyal. And I do think that the pu- public opinion has been, um, you know, significantly influenced by the biased coverage of a lot of the media. And, and I do believe that they actually are as out of touch with the public and the general public opinion as they were during Brexit and during the general election. And that's why the landslide majority was such a surprise because, again, you know, the majority of the media and the press do not have their finger on the pulse of what ordinary people think. It's quite an eye-opener, frankly, (laughs) to hear someone as convinced of their position, wrong position, obviously, as I am of mine, the right position, you know, when it, with regards to the opposite view about disloyalty and that actually we will still be talking about Barnard Castle in 2024. So I'm, I'm aware that I <laughs> must be careful not just to be snarky because I disagree with her, nor because she's got a Midlands accent, which, you know, for the for the benefit of our American listeners, that's kind of, I guess, it, it's one of those accents that we in the, um, you know, the 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 privileged elite, southern elite kind of thing. There's something weird to hear somebody with that accent say such phrases as the architect of Brexit. It just it just kind of doesn't fit. And and that's a legacy of 1970s um, uh, humour when you would just poke fun at the way that people talk. And I guess that's where it comes from. But there do seem to be several logical thing, things logically wrong with what she's saying. Fundamentally, she's saying the fact that they're asking questions about what Dominic Cummings was, was saying in defence of his driving to Barnard Castle, that they're asking these questions of him, and that's it's kind of disloyal. They're disloyal to him, and they should be grateful to him because I think what she's saying, I think she's talking about the journalists when she says they might not be in a job 
so as much as I can understand it, she's saying if it wasn't for Dominic Cummings getting Brexit through, the journalists would not be in a job. Did she, does she not know how journalism works? It sounded like she was saying that. And then, but it kind of feels, I, I feel like she was tying herself in linguistical knots. Yes. Because I think that, because she moved on from that to say they wouldn't, they might not be in power. So I think, I think while she may have started it talking about the journalists, I right. think at some point during that it, phrase it, it became it, talking right. about the, the politicians. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It, yeah. But still, yeah. And, th- and then she holds the media to blame for their biased coverage influencing public opinion and the disloyalty of the public w- with regard dismissing Dominic Cummings, Dominic, Dominic Cummings, Dominic Cummings um, contribution to Brexit. But then she says but the people will think otherwise anyway so they're not being influenced so i'm a bit i'm a bit confused but i kind of it did lead me to think well maybe <laughs> it's just her utter conviction of her position that leads her to make these confused things which wouldn't be apparent to her but are apparent to us me yeah. me on the other side of the fence <laughs> and i wonder whether in my passionate exposition of why she's utterly wrong and everybody else is wrong, whether I do the same things and... Yeah, I'm sure we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I think you're right. <laughs> so there's that. But no, yeah. The, the, yeah, the suggestion that the, the problem is the media um, and, and people think what they think because of the media, yeah. but the media doesn't have their finger on the pulse of what the people think. Yeah. Is is a weird kind of um it's like a circle but like a wheel within a wheel. <laughs> yeah. Ever turning like a wind yeah. like a wind um... in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was weird. But yeah, I think the the fact is that even if she thinks the people who whoever Dominic Cummings is responsible for have, for them having a job because yeah. he got Brexit through. Yeah. Whoever that was, They're, they that doesn't be mean yeah. that they should automatically believe clear, obvious nonsense that he's talking. I mean, just yeah. it was it was utter bollocks shite. when yeah. when he was saying he drove to a to a kind of beauty spot yeah. with his family yeah. to check his eyesight. Yeah, because it was much safer to do that there than it was to stay in London because he had COVID and he therefore sat in a car, closed, which I think you'll agree is a closed space, <laughs> quite small. Two metres is not an option inside a car unless you're in a, yeah. unless you're in a military Hummer, which he wasn't. You know, in, in the UK, the roads aren't big enough for cars. You know, we're not talking Cadillacs here. <laughs> you, know, you can't be two metres apart. So it was much safer to do that and then drive to Barnard Castle because his eyesight had been affected by COVID, which he then gave to them, than it was to stay in London and and get some help. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some so childcare. So the point is that when, yeah. when you are talking bollocks and <laughs> yeah. someone questions that yeah. and says, hey, isn't that bollocks? Yeah. Um, you, you, you don't get to say, well, you shouldn't question me because... 
because you owe me, yeah. you know, the fact that you've got a job. But, the, but the, yes, um, exactly. But they, yeah, not, but I don't think he did. I don't think he was doing. No, he, no, he did do that. He that's did, essentially what she's doing by proxy. I know, and that's the scary yeah. thing. It's what it suddenly gives you is an insight into Trump acolytes, Trump devotees, Trump voters that these people have bought the notion a that the media are influencing public opinion. And at the same time, B, that the public, that the media don't know what the public think. Yeah. But, but if they, obviously, if they did influence them, they would know exactly what the public think. But that, so they don't, and, and, and she's the kind of person that voted Boris in and continues to think he's doing a great job. Not unlike our fast forwarding to February 2022, like now, yesterday, last week, and it's still happening in the same region of England. Stuart Anderson, who's kind of a new boy, I think he was in the new intake with Boris in 2019. He's a kind of Rottweiler. He's a he's a real. If there are nasty pieces of work in the Tory Party, he is one of them. He's a Conservative MP for Wolverhampton South West, and he recent on the 28th of Feb he quote tweeted Ben Riley Smith, who said. Just out, Boris Johnson is going to Poland and Estonia tomorrow, showing solidarity with NATO member states. And Stuart Anderson, MP, great a tweet quoted him, quote tweeted him, putting great leadership from Boris Johnson as he has shown throughout this tragic war. I think the tragic war will be only be going like a day by then, but yeah. throughout, throughout the entire entirety, yeah. Yeah. Um, James, uh, James Mitchison, the Yorkshire Post editor, was quick to reply to Anderson, saying, well, he's shown nothing but contempt for the people of his own country. Repeatedly, those in other countries cannot trust him if we cannot. And that came following Mitchison's paper reporting how the UK government's levelling up agenda, d- d- fairly hot on the heels of that, notwithstanding the really bad COVID response, but how the UK government's levelling up agenda would not do enough to actually aid the economies of the north of England's rural areas. To which tweet Anderson replied, would be great to see you acting as a journalist rather than an activist. So, and then various Twitterers, tweeters, twats, (laughs) understood exactly what's happening, that Anderson was calling anyone not loyally towing the Tory line, but stating contrary opinions and activist, which it seems to me in the UK is fast becoming a derogatory term, which, and it's the same term the UK government is contemning Putin for using against the Ukrainians defending their, independ- their independence. So this notion of an activist, if, it's, if, if you disagree with the Tories, then you're an activist, which means you're a subversive, you're a seditionary, you're, you know, you're, you're just basically it's communism. And, <laughs> but if you are, if you're an activist in somewhere that we like, that's being oppressed by somebody that we don't, then that's a good thing. So, yeah, there's, there's kind of um, uh, inconsistent conspiracy going on as well. So, for instance, Ant, uh, Ant Walker, don't know whether that's his job or his name, says to all those in Wolverhampton South West, this is your MP telling a journalist not to hold MPs to account. And then Mark, not me, but at MH 90 2011, 
Next door. Next door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he says, would be great to see, would be great. So he's, he, he paraphrases it. Oh, I love that when people do that. They just paraphrase exactly what the, the, the previous twat twittered. Um, would be great to see you acting in the interest of the country instead of shilling for Johnson. So there's the the notion that it's all about being loyal to the leader um, and denigrating anybody who isn't. And Mitchison himself replies, a Tory MP has just labelled me an activist because I reminded him of the Prime Minister's lies. The deceit as people died alone, they died alone because the PM decided as much while surrounding himself with drunken shenanigans. And I think James Mitchison is Scottish, so drunken shenanigans would sound great. Clinging to truth isn't activism, it's decency. And this is the same Stuart Anderson who defended Boris over yet another recently discovered law-breaking birthday celebration gathering, saying that Boris was ambushed by cake. Oh, it's that guy. Yes. It's the, it's the ambushed by cake guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Which, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I would quite like to be ambushed by cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sign <laughs> me nice. up. <laughs> Where'd he go? Yeah, yeah. And on the 25th of January, he further added marzipan icing to the appeal to loyalty in the House of Commons, saying that debating whether the Prime Minister did or did not break the law was wasting time. We're wasting time here, and every time the opposition call for, the lead, uh, for our Prime Minister to resign, does my right honourable friend agree that we're only strengthening Putin's hand and destabling negotiations? Definitely destabling negotiations. Destabling, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing with being on the payroll of Russian oligarchs and being mates with the likes of Putin means he can really throw some massive dead cats into the room while to, to disguise your woeful inadequacy as a prime minister. So they're saying, if you're asking questions, we're wasting our time asking whether our prime minister broke the law, you know, because what that does is strengthen Putin's position. Do you think Putin gives a shit about Boris Johnson? <laughs> no. Is is Putin possibly a leader that's also breaking the law? What were they going to be doing? That's the that in yeah. in that time. Yeah. If they weren't talking about whether Boris had broken the law. Yeah. What what? How would they going to be using that time to weaken Putin? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> quite. Quite. Well, what they should have been doing using in that time is being loyal to Boris and mm. going. Yes, what you're doing is fabulous, Bozza. Keep on going. It's time to move on from the fact that you broke the law whilst people were dying. Yeah, and you didn't give a shit, all that stuff. So, so which occurred to me that is the appeal to loyalty fundamentally a variation of you're either with us or against us. And it kind of it, it ignores the need to provide, to actually provide an answer. You're either with us or against us is a specific subset of mm. the kind of black and white fallacy yeah yeah either or but it's kind of almost that there's maybe there's a sort of venn diagram overlap either with us or against us falls into both i think probably yeah yeah
Good afternoon, sir. What can I do, sir? Just say the word, sir. Anything for you, sir. Your friends will say, sir, we don't deserve ya. I disagree, sir. You're such a liar. I think of all the fallacies that you said I wanna be. Disobedient. I lie awake, wondering where the sanity went. I wanna be. Disobedient. 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 Oh, we've been good, sir. So very, very good for what we've given you Every single thing we've got is feeling strange, man This whole arrangement is gonna end with us Being thrown under the bus I think of all the fallacies that you said I wanna be disobedient I lie awake, wondering where the sanity went I wanna be disobedient, disobedient, disobedient Steven Universe there with the song from the movie of the same name, Disobedient, hmm. which is a fantastic discovery. I'm going to try and persuade the Outburst to cover that. <laughs> it's, really, it's great. It I does sound it. exactly your kind of thing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So in the Fallacy of the Noir, we like to talk about the Fallacy of the Week from a non-political perspective. And our first example this week comes from The Simpsons. And this is an Yay. episode where there's been minor kind of possible terrorist incidents in Springfield and and so yep. they want to bring in cameras everywhere so that it'll be kind of constantly surveilling Springfield citizens. Uh, Lisa is the only one who seems to have any problem with it at all uh, and they have a, a town meeting and take a vote. Now all in favour of these cameras say cheese. Cheese! Those opposed say I hate America. Oh. Motion carries. <laughs> <laughs> Putting that, if you don't want the cameras, you hate America, kind of into yeah. very yeah. clear belief there. Exactly, um, exactly. That's brilliant, isn't it? That's that's Trump. That's it's Trump's thing, isn't it? That, that we heard earlier. It's exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Because if because they're asking these questions, or because you're deciding that what we're doing is questionable, <laughs> then. They hate America, and that is communism. Yeah. yeah. He follows that up with a vote on uh, whether they should have term limits for, for Springfield politicians. Um, and if you're right. in favour, say, I have sex with animals. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, a, that's the other thing. That's the other thing that kind of presages Trump's term in office is that people will slavishly say what he's told them to say that's the thing you know, say oh, i hate america why did she start she's just stand lisa just stand up going wait a minute wait a minute uh -huh. what you're doing there is yeah <laughs> and our second example comes from an episode of mash and uh, in this episode sydney friedman the army psychiatrist points out a bit of an issue with requiring loyalty oaths from people. Um, so in this yeah. episode, there is a soldier who has returned. He's a bombardier. He's he's in the hospital because he's recovering from injuries, but also he is claiming he is Jesus Christ. Okay. One of the people in, in charge of getting him back to bombing people is convinced that this right. is just a ploy, and he's just pretending. Right. And so when Sidney Freeman arrives to 
talk to him and find out what's going on with him and see if he needs treatment and all that kind of stuff. The colonel tries to get Friedman to agree to go his way. You just let one of those creeps get away with a phony messiah complex before you can say John the Baptist will be hit deep in sackcloth and ashes. We're not going to let that happen, are we? We're not? Well, we'll see. Then we'll know. Point of order, Dr. Friedman, Sidney Theodore, we won't see. As it happens, I know who you are. Is that right? Am I who I think I am? I've been doing a little digging, Dr. Friedman, with two E's. Your association with certain groups on the Attorney General's list of subversive organizations. Young Americans for a Lasting Peace. New York Alliance for Young Democrats. Doctors Progressive Conference. You're forgetting the Boy Scouts and the Psychiatrist Bowling League. Boy Scouts, that's funny, Friedman. Almost as funny as the fact that you never signed your loyalty. You know you can get busted right out of the service for that, don't you? Comrade Friedman. Oh, is that what I am? Why didn't you sign it? Just between the two of us, and whatever mic I might be talking into. Do you really believe if I were a communist, I'd hesitate for a second to sign a loyalty oath? Nice. Well, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because he kind of thinks that the Boy Scouts is very funny because the Boy Scouts is a very right-wing organisation. <laughs> well, it was it was founded by very right-wing people. So so that's obviously doesn't fit yeah. into the into the thing. And, I, you know, I'm not, about, not sure about the Doctors Bowling League, but... Yeah. Very right-wing, the Psychiatrist yeah. Bowling League, yeah. Oh, um, my God, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the the suggestion is that you are not a a loyal American, but you can prove your loyalty in a way, to the point where I won't I won't do anything about it. I won't cause cause you a problem by agreeing with me that this soldier just needs to get back to bombing people, and is is actually not not a problem. So ignore the evidence, yeah. ignore your training as a psychiatrist and talking to him and everything else. Just go along with, with yeah. what I want because that will show that you are not this disloyal person I'm painting you to be. Yep, yep. And Friedman makes the excellent point at the end there that if you're genuinely a subversive, yeah. you are not going to hesitate to sign a loyalty oath because that is going to mean that you get more into the kind of place where you can subvert stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it always amuses me when you go to... And I don't know where you are. It's been ten years since I last went to America. But they, that when you go in and they say, "Are you or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party?" God, it's been a long time since you've been to America, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe McCarthy was on the, uh, the customs desk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. you kind of think, well, that's it was asked in all seriousness with a kind of level of naivety that that doesn't countenance the idea that if you were a proper spy, then you would, go, of course you would say no. Yeah. So they go, all right, then here you come. It's that kind of, you know, crucifixion. <laughs> no. Oh, really? Yeah, no, they said I could go free. But they do, they still do at the airport ask, you know, are there any illegal things in your bag and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you <laughs> carrying any explosives? Yeah. And you just go, no. How many people do they catch? I know. That's the question. There must be a reason to keep asking that question of literally everyone. Yeah. There must yeah, yeah. occasionally be someone who goes, oh, you know, I, I might have a who's, grenade. Who goes, yes, yes, yes. Oh, I mean, no, no. I mean, no. Oh, <laughs> God, I'm so sorry. So, and they, they offer their wrists to get handcuffed to take it away. Uh -huh. Yeah. So our final example in this yeah. section uh, comes from 12 Angry Men, which we've yeah. featured before. We love it. 
I think we can assume the boy ran out in a state of panic after having just killed his father. When he finally calmed down, he realized he had left his knife there. Oh, this then depends on your definition of panic. He would have had to be calm enough to see to it that there were no fingerprints left on the knife. Now, where did this panic start and where did it end? Look, you voted guilty. What side are you on? I don't believe I have to be loyal to one side or the other. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So once you've, even if you have declared a side that you're on by voting in a particular way, that doesn't mean you have to stop asking questions or or pointing things out. You don't then have to stop questioning anything that, that kind of endangers the the points that your side is trying yeah. to make there's like the you know one side that has that you've identified yourself with at one point ideally we should continue to ask yeah. questions if anything more of the people that we generally agree with exactly yes and actually it would be the end of that film if they did do that because because yeah. that's the whole plot you know spoiler alert if you've not seen it what have you been doing <laughs> You know, say, it's been out for nearly a hundred years. Bloody watch the thing. So in a way, Friedman kind of counters it, and then and then that juror kind of counters it. That whole thing of and Mitchison, the the editor of the mm-hmm. uh, Yorkshire Post, counters it by just saying, "Well, it's not disloyal to, you know, loyalty yeah. has asking questions yeah. is how you get to the truth, not how you test loyalty." Yes. Yeah, and <laughs> and in a way, they're two different things because loyalty belongs to faith and belief and questions belong to the realm of fact and knowledge. So they are, yeah. they're kind of, they're, they're yeah, not I mean, equivalent. It depends, yeah, it depends how ideological you are, essentially. Mm. If you are so far in one direction that you don't question stuff, that you are not prepared to change your mind or listen to dissent yeah then then you are being loyal to that position mm. but loyalty isn't always a virtue yeah yes because <laughs> it because it is sometimes absolutely but um again when it's earned it's it's not just something that that you kind of pick aside and then that's it yeah i, I wonder whether the the loyalty that we revere um not not just you and I, but, but we as a as a society, as a society revere is is based on loyalty to people who are filled with integrity and truth and honesty and and inquisitiveness and curiosity and seekers after the truth. So if you, it's a bit like, I guess, when people are loyal to their teachers or their their mentors or you know those kind of people you know, pe- people with whom they um have an affinity for but also are have a respect for because of their they the position that they hold mind you that people do that about trump so that's kind of i think it's difficult mm. to be very clear on this because i think the idea of loyalty or the the definition possibly of mm. loyalty is is part of what separates the left the right from the left right because of the importance of your in group versus your out group yep. we i think it's reasonable to say don't consider looking out for people who are disadvantaged that's not being loyal 
to them. Mm-hmm. It, it's recognizing that we should, if especially if we have advantages ourselves, um, use that to help people if they need help. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas a more important motivator for people on the right of the political spectrum tends to be, are these people like me? Mm. If they are, they are worthy of my assistance. Yeah. If they're not, I I am less inclined to do something about it. Yeah. And and that side of it is is about loyalty. It's about f- feeling loyal um, to people who are like you mm. in some way, mm. whether it's people who believe the same things as you do or look the same as you do or have similar amount of money as you do or, you know, however you split it up. Yeah. They're in a group that you are part of as well. And yeah. Therefore, loyalty to that group means agreeing with them or helping those people. Yeah, so it's actually loyalty to one's own group, one's, one's in-group, yeah. isn't it? Whereas I think that loyalty that, that we might revere more, yeah. um, rather than society, but but the left part of society, yeah. is is more, yeah, people who have given you a reason to be loyal. Yes. Whether yes. it's your, you know, family or or mentor or that kind of yeah, thing yeah. people who have done something that you think okay they've earned my my respect yeah. and my and and uh, that and maybe that because of our left leaning that that respect comes from people who are altruistic who look out for the um the furtherance of other others it's interesting about the the people like us thing there was a thing in the telegraph it was uh, i think it was by the telegraph uh, uh, the daily it was a right-wing broadsheet here in the UK, which was describing the Ukraine refugees. It was supporting the the call to the government to broaden the, the terms of entry into the UK for Ukrainians, you know, fleeing the war. Mm. And they described them, they said, they're people like us. Yeah. They are civilised like we are. So they're in a in a way they are, so which is, it's it's kind of weirdly, it's weirdly racist, but it's also oh, yeah, you can see absolutely. what they're doing. Is, they're strugg- yeah. struggling to make those people who are telegraph readers yeah. recognize that these people are part of are just as much of our in group as as anybody else. They are like us. Yeah, they are. Yeah, just this like isn't us. this isn't the kind of people you'd expect to be having to flee war zones like you know the people you're thinking of right yeah, now. yeah the people who have a billion <laughs> missing refugee um, right yeah, now this yeah. is this is people who who look who dro- wear white. clothes like you they wear and drive English. cars like they you go to university drive. they drive yeah. cars like us they have so, teslas they're doctors yeah 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 there's very much a part of that and and that's bad yeah because in a way if it gets people to help them there's good parts to it, yeah. but I don't yeah. agree with it. Yeah. But yeah, and I think also that is why the right sees us, sees people on the left yeah. as unpatriotic and mm-hmm. disloyal and yes. and all of that yes, kind of yes. stuff is because they are looking at uh, loyalty and patriotism with their definition of it yeah. and saying, well, you know, you're not favouring people who are like you. Yes. You're, yeah. you're favouring people who have who need help yeah you're not you're not favoring your kind of people so <laughs> yeah so you'll be disloyal to you, you. should be ma- yeah, yeah you should be making the people who are like you the most important ones in your life yeah um so yeah you are 
what are you even doing? Yeah, yeah. That's that seems to be. Uh, maybe I'm completely mischaracterizing it, but from what I've observed, that seems to be a significant difference. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's that kind of tribal, tribal and non-tribal kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody, as well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. Frankly, if you don't believe that I can win this for you, then that's a that's just the height of poor gamesmanship, and you're you're denying me the principles of fair play. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so our examples this week come from a, a call from Trump to Fox, right? As, yeah. as he seems to be doing on a weekly basis yeah. at the moment. They must be running out um, of content. I mean, surely there's a fucking war on. Yeah, no, he's surely they've got enough content. <laughs> he, well, part of part of what he called up for to talk to Maria Bartiromo yeah. again was uh, was about what a terrible job that Biden is doing with the war and how it wouldn't have happened if he was uh, president and all of that oh, kind okay. of stuff. Yeah. But in amongst all of that, he also started talking about climate change right. for <laughs> some reason because, you know, he just yeah. rambles. <laughs> yeah. And she listened. <laughs> and so these are some of the things he said. Do you think he has a list uh, of bullet points? I mean, he's, in, in more sophisticated areas, they would be called talking points and they would kind of brief you, you know, in... Uh, you know, Bartlett would have been briefs. Go here are the here are the yeah. talking points. Just talk about there's these three things. Just stick to those. But they just. No, I'm pretty sure he doesn't. Yeah, and it's just kind um... of randomly coming <laughs> in a kind of it's like a Zen exercise where you sit there and you breathe in for four yeah. seconds and out for five, and you just let thoughts come into your mind, and then you pay them no attention and let them go out. Yeah, again. he doesn't let. He doesn't let thoughts come into his no. mind at all. No, it's just these. No, I think if if he was given talking points or even bullet points yeah they would they would swap them out occasionally surely yeah whereas he yeah. just says the same stuff same stuff the, the same same old same old yeah. so yeah yeah so this is these were all about climate and about basically how america is doing everything and other countries aren't right pulling their weight on climate statement number one the only thing he can do this biden yeah the only thing he can do is just say sorry about it with the climate hoax sorry about it Look, this climate situation is killing our country, and I know it's politically not correct because people don't understand it, and they don't, but I understood it. We had the best air, the best water, the best everything else, and not destroying our businesses. This is killing our country. Uh, okay. So, Statement number two. That's a, that's a no. bit, hang on, that's a bit of a reversal <laughs> of things, isn't it? Are you not just being contrary there, Trump? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Statement number two. Yeah. None of them partake in cleaning the climate. <laughs> they laugh at us. Right. How stupid we are. We clean the climate and then their air flows to us from Asia, just like all their garbage flows to us through the Pacific Ocean. You ever see what happens in Los Angeles where hundreds and thousands of tons of China garbage Change. is floating? Yeah. The tides bring it right in. So we have nice clean water and you're not allowed to put your toe in the water. What? Fuck. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> cleaning the climate. Right. Partake in. Right. We're cleaning the climate. Would you like to partake? Partake <laughs> in. Okay. 
All right. Statement number three. The whole climate thing is a joke. Germany is laughing at us. They make the windmills, and it's a process that is very, very bad, just terrible for the environment. And they don't use them because they know they don't work. They just sell them to us so that we can kill our birds. We're wasting so much money sending it to Germany just to have more dead birds than anyone's ever seen. It's crazy. That's, that, is that why they do it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I, Okay, so at one point he's saying, okay, we've got the best air because what we're doing is responding to the climate stuff. The climate hope. Yeah, and we're cleaning our climate. And yet we're we're being laughed at by Germany because we're having these things that kill birds. Oh, not the bird-killing thing. Okay. If only Mythbusters were still going on, they could just go... <laughs> Yeah, they could do a whole series on fact-checking Trump, couldn't they? Let's <laughs> just, just, just put up a windmill and throw birds at it and see <laughs> see how many die. <sighs> okay, right. <clears throat> okay, I really, really like partaking in cleaning the climate. <laughs> um, and, okay, so, yeah. Yeah, um, and I can sense myself being pulled into that. I go, oh, yeah, that's a good one. I'll have that one. Um, okay. Right, well, I think... Can I have best air, best water? See, okay, well, I'm, I'm a bit suspicious of the birds thing because that's a bird, the bird, the old, the same old killing the birds thing. But... <clears throat> So the best air, best water, best everything else. Okay, I mm, I think then that number one is the one that you made up. Okay, of the other two, yeah. which are you more convinced by? Yeah. The, the one I'm particularly taken with as <laughs> to convince by. <laughs> it's, a, it's always a leading question that convinced <laughs> by. Well, convinced by all of them. That's the thing. Uh, I think number two, number two, the partaking in cleaning the climate. I desperately want to be real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, China, uh, China number two, garbage. yeah, is yeah. real. Whoa! None of them partake in cleaning the climate. They laugh at us how stupid we are. We clean the climate, and then their air flows to us from Asia, just like all their garbage flows to us through the Pacific Ocean. You ever see what happens in? What? Los Angeles, where hundreds and thousands of tons of China garbage is floating, the tides bring it right. So we have nice, clean water, wow. and you're not allowed to put your toe in the water. I love the fact that she e just goes... Even Maria Bartiromo yeah. is saying... She's going, what? 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> what, the fuck? what? Yeah. She's like looking across, going, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. We could... None of the... <laughs> Cleaning the what is it? Do the tides actually so, go yeah. from? Well, yeah. As everyone knows, yeah, the air, yeah. and the water only Come flows from one Asia. Way. Yeah, it, it yeah. only goes from Asia to Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's we have nice clean water, mm. but it is so full of garbage. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't put your toe in the water. Yeah, but it's all Chinese garbage. Of course. And yeah. it's a bit like that whole thing of, you know, that we need to build the wall even though we built the wall. 
Yeah, and we it, have nice clean water, but it's but it's full of gold. So which is absolutely which full is of it? hundreds of thousands of yeah. tons of Chinese gold floating. You could just see. You could see, you ever see you ever see that? You ever see? No, nobody ever sees that because it's not true. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you look at. Yeah, I've seen Baywatch. Quite, you know, there quite. There were not hundreds of thousands of tons of Chinese. Well, there garbage. may well have been, but we were distracted by what's just going off camera. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in slow motion. Yeah. I mean, in, you yeah. know, yeah, it was it was often slow motion. So yeah, it was time to look around. So, yes, at, yeah. at the water. There was no, time, there was no, no. I mean, there may well. It's the old distraction thing. It's a bit like the the Darren Brown thing. Was go, yeah, keep your eye on the on the ball being passed from hand to hand. Did you see the gorilla walking past the back? No, because we were watching the ball bouncing up and down. So you're saying, if not for Pamela if Anderson, for we would Pamela, all know in slow motion about the, we the giant have, we could have garbage pile. for ourselves <laughs> the, the impacts of China garbage yeah. floating in. Yeah, it was a, yeah, absolutely wouldn't be you know, beyond the realms of possibility that it was a GOP propaganda exercise to distract us from that. <laughs> no, it would be Democrats, obviously, because they'd be working against the GOP. Yeah, yeah, it's a Democrat conspiracy <laughs> to distract us from looking at the Jaina garbage floating yeah. around the the bays of Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. you also think that number three was real? Wait, wait a minute. No, hang on a minute. Let's just go back. Are you are okay. you not allowed to put your toe in the water in the water? In I mean, you can, you can literally swim in the water in LA. <laughs> you can, it's fine. Because <laughs> that's kind of why they needed the Baywatch people to, yeah, to yeah, rescue yeah. people from actually doing the swimming thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Righto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No wonder they were going, what? What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Num- number three. So you also think number three is real? Yeah, I'm, I'm. And number three? Yeah, yeah. It's fake news. Oh, good work! I I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> I knew it! Because that yes, it's the bloody the spectre of the dead birds again. Yeah. I know, but it was the I mean, other he one. He does talk see. about them a lot, though. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it is it is good? It, yeah, I don't. I don't good. think he said that. But it's. Actually, that was more, more, he could very easily. It's kind of more flowing. It's more Trump-like, damn it, than number one. I mean, number one, it's got the giveaway gym tricks of best air, best water, best everything. You just go, well, Mm -hmm. that's patently a a gym Trump. It's not a real Trump. But Mm -hmm. no! It's a real Trump. (laughs) Here he is. God damn it. The only thing he can do is just say, sorry about it with the climate hoax. Sorry about it. Look, this climate situation is killing our country. And I know it's politically not correct because people don't understand it, and they don't. But I understood it with the best air, the best water, the best everything else, and not destroying our businesses. This is killing our country. The uh-huh. fuck? <laughs> it's just... I know it's political. So just saying something and then saying... a, a, a an, aff- an affirming thing afterwards. It's a bit like Debbie from the Midlands saying, <laughs> and I do believe that. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't make it any more than you just believe it. Or, and I do think that. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make it any more true. So saying, because people don't understand it, and then putting the little affirmation, and they don't, doesn't make it 
true. So like putting something after the sentence in brackets doesn't make it any more also, true. It's not, it doesn't. It's not politically not correct because people don't understand it. It's politically yeah. not correct because it's literally not correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. What he's trying to say is it's politically incorrect, isn't he? He's trying to say trying it's to say, political politically correct to say that, that climate change is a hoax and, and we've actually got yeah. the best of everything yeah. except for the yeah. hundreds of thousands of tons of Chinese garbage in, got, in Los Angeles. Quite. We've got the best <laughs> the best water uh-huh. except for in Los Angeles. And the, and yeah, and the fact that the air flows from Asia, so it stinks. Yeah. You know that's the implication. Go like the throws. What is he saying? What is he <laughs> saying? So he's just saying sorry. So he's dismissing it. He's saying all he can do is say sorry. Whereas I did something about it. What did he do about it? Did he dismiss it as a hoax? And therefore, oh, that's the Paris Climate Accord. <laughs> right yeah he did that so, yeah so but it, he rolled this... back regulations on various uh environmental yeah. things that obama put in place <laughs> and we we had the best air and the best water and the best everything else and then i did all that <laughs> and ruined it yeah and it's politically incorrect to say that i was good at doing that and literally incorrect, it, or good in doing that yeah yeah, yeah. It's, yes Oh my god. <laughs> my god. Why does anyone give him any kind of cachet at all? And then, you know, why has he got any credence and and current case? He's basically what the the GOP is worth. <laughs> this is their currency. Their currency is Trump. Isn't it? They're going lots of people like him, they will vote him in. We can get into power. That's it. That's that's all it is. They don't give a shit about serving anybody, just like Boris's government doesn't. They just they will say anything they need to say to have people vote them in, so that they can be in. Yeah, that's it. And then they can just talk shit about what they did when they were in. He did none of these <laughs> things. He did all of the things he talks about. He did none of them. Mostly what he did was lie in his pocket uh-huh. and other people. That, yeah, I've just, yeah, yeah. We've been doing this 95 times <laughs> and I've just realised that what he did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that means, unfortunately, you didn't get that one right, which oh, means no. you've dropped down below 50%. Oh, no. For the first time in a while, because you've been, you've been up there. I know. You've been up over 50%. Uh, but oh. yeah, down back down. I've got to, to see, I've got to go. I've got to stop double so. thinking. I should have just gone with the dead birds <laughs> thing. Dead birds, just too much of a too much of an old thing. Yeah, damn it, damn it. Yeah. I've seen. I've, yeah, I need to go back and re-listen to previous episodes. <laughs> see what I overthought it. <laughs> I've been overthinking. Just go. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, yeah before you've even finished the list, just go. Yeah, it's that one. That'll definitely work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope you're all all you playing along at home managed to beat me. Damn you. 
My name is Eric Gray, and I'm the host of the podcast Dumb People with Terrible Ideas, where I exhaustively research a single subject, explain it in under 20 minutes, while providing particularly playful puns peppered with poop jokes. What is trickle-down economics, you might ask? What is wrong with FM radio? Why does Rudy Giuliani look like that? Dumb People with Terrible Ideas is available wherever you get your podcasts. And it leans left. It's feverishly funny, ferociously factual, and filled with fast-moving nonfiction info narrated as if the movie trailer guy got a PhD and then went to open mic night at the comedy store. Check out my podcast, Dumb People with Terrible Ideas. The only podcast that makes dumb people learn and smart people laugh. It's time for the part of the show that this week at least is called Putin is not a logical fallacy because I don't know if you've heard, but there's been a bit of a bit of a thing going on right. uh, in Russia and Ukraine. Mm. And Americans are split on who to root for. Right. Is it is it along party lines, do you think? It's largely, yeah. Is it, is yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's some agreement yeah. that the enormous military nuclear power that is attacking a sovereign nation for no reason at all is yeah. bad. Other than a bit of Lebensraum. Uh-huh. Yeah. But that has not been universally expressed. Mm. There have been a number of people who, even if they are generally saying this war is bad and shouldn't happen, yeah. are are basically saying Putin is great and should win and we like him. Because, wow. I mean, we, this is the appeal to loyalty thing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And again, in terms of in groups and out groups, he's, I mean, he's a, he's a rich, white, homophobic, misogynist, yeah. racist, so... You know, if you identify with that, then, uh, you know, you're going to think, yeah. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? Because there's this this mythical spectre of communism. And I wonder if, it wouldn't surprise me if the label of communist is leveled against people who are within the in-group on the right who are saying this is a bad thing, they might level the label communist against them. <laughs> for, for, this is where communism came from. Yeah. So well, there's this kind of this historical... <laughs> I mean, it's not a communist country by any any means at all, by yeah. any means necessary, by any means at all. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a fascistic um, a capitalist country run by billionaire oligarchs yeah you might want to point that out to alabama republican senator tommy tuberville right he was explaining why putin needs to attack ukraine mm-hmm. uh, he said he can't feed his people it's a communist country so he can't feed his people so they need more farmland okay so they Apart go from the fact that russia itself is the largest inhabited land mass on the uh-huh. planet yeah apart from that so they but they need a bit more because bit more. of communism right okay because communism doesn't work you can't get enough food for everyone so you mm. need more land 
So yeah, no, nothing to do with the the, the utter imbalance between the, the rich and the poor. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay. So right. you need to you need to attack a country. Yeah. Um. Mm. That's Tuberville's explanation. Yeah. For why, I don't think he's a, a foreign policy expert, though. No. Guess um, what job he's going to get? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are other wow. people who, on the right who have got other yeah. ideas of why um, Putin invaded Ukraine. Uh, mm. Pat Robertson, the televangelist, who yeah. uh, actually retired last year, I think, um, but oh, he right. came back out. He came out of retirement to to present to a, a kind of special episode yeah. of the Seven Hundred Club, uh, where right. he explained that that Putin is actually being compelled by God to invade Ukraine. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. He, another um, casualty of history uh-huh. <laughs> because one of the things in communist Russia, of which Putin is the, is a son, did away entirely with religion. Yeah, yeah. They kind of, they're, yeah. They're Famously com- atheistic yeah. <laughs> organisation. Yeah. Many things where, you know, there are those kind of um, post-Sputnik posters where they would send... If astronauts into into space and the posters come back there's a picture of an astronaut and it just says no no god <laughs> yeah. yeah but apparently um this is a uh, they're gearing up for the end times that's okay why. so right. so ukraine isn't his kind of end goal it is a staging area for an attack on israel uh, apparently. Right, um, right, and and so Long when way away, yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You think? Yeah, I mean, I suppose you kind. It's in the right direction, kind of vaguely slightly towards the middle. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, that's that's the way that he's choosing to go. Yeah, unencumbered to get to by a history, <laughs> <B> geography. <laughs> yeah, he's come out of retirement to tell people to you know if if I'm I'm. Um, this is I'm presaging the end times. What you need to do is send some money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I will ensure you're on the on the next ship. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, uh, it's not the it's yeah. not the first time he's said that the end uh, is imminent. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the first time I think it was one of the early times was 1982. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, he predicted that there was going to be uh, the. The, yeah, basically Armageddon, 1982. And then in yeah. 2006, he said that um, the Pacific North, Northwest would be devastated by a tsunami. Um, in 2007, he said there would be mass killings in America. And uh, which, well, I mean, fairly safe bet, that's the it? closest. Yeah. That's yeah. The, yeah. Ma- there yeah. were there were definitely mass shootings. Yeah. I think he meant on a bigger scale, though. Oh, um, OK. Right. And and he claimed that after Trump won re-election in 2020, um, an asteroid yeah. would destroy the Earth, which I think, if it had, I mean, well, people would have welcomed avo- it. Avoided then, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was <laughs> narrowly averted because he wasn't elected. Yeah. So therefore, yeah, just um, don't look up, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if if Trump had been re-elected in 2020, and then we discovered a, an asteroid that was going to destroy us, we'd go, all right, thank God yeah, for that. Fine, yeah, I'm okay yeah. with it. <laughs> I'm all right with that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, okay. yeah, that's Pat Robertson. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tucker Carlson decided to spend mm. a, a significant portion of his show questioning why people think Putin is a baddie in the first place. 
Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. This is... Yeah. This is... And what was his list? Well... An appeal to loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think this was after he had already invaded. So there's that okay. he left off the there's list. There's that. There's that. Um, yeah. But yeah. Unprovoked attack. He was, yeah. he was saying... He said, um, you know, ask yourself, why do you hate Putin? Um, he said, mm-hmm. has Putin ever called me a racist? Has he threatened to get me fired for disagreeing with him? Is he making fentanyl? Is he trying to snuff out Christianity? Does he eat dogs? That's an important one to add to the list. Um, and then yeah. he said, these are all fair questions. The answer to all of them is no. Are they fair questions? Or are they insane Aren't questions? They're, they're, it, yeah, they're, they're very self-centered questions they are aren't they so why 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 is putin a baddie has he ever called me tucker carlson a racist no well there then he's not a baddie there is a little bit of an appeal to to loyalty there (laughs) Uh because tucker carlson is a racist absolutely i would if anything feel a little more positive towards putin If he yeah, had called Tucker Carlson a racist. You know, Tucker, you're a little bit racist. <laughs> but the fact that that's his criteria for whether Putin is a baddie, whether he's called me, Tucker Carlson, a racist. If you call Tucker Carlson a racist, therefore you are a baddie. Uh-huh. That would be one of the things so, that would make you a baddie in his eyes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and or threaten to get him fired for disagreeing with him, which doesn't sound like, Carlson is disagreeing with him ever, anyway. No. And do you think Putin is that interested <laughs> in Tucker Carlson sufficient to ring up his boss and go, I really think you should let Tucker go? <laughs> or, you know, you might wake up with a horse's head in your bed tomorrow, huh. controller of the of the network. You know what I mean? You know, it, yeah. Mm. Or is he making fentanyl? <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah, or eating dogs. Yeah, it's it's an eclectic an eclectic <laughs> list. He leaves off things off the list, which I feel mm. are possibly more indicative of of, ba- of badness, like yeah, like poisoning your Vis-a-vis, political opponents. Yeah, like, yeah, yes, or or blowing up apartment buildings, calling it a Chechen uprising, and then quelling it in order to be elected. Prime Minister, uh-huh. and then declaring yourself president for life. Yeah, yeah, I think that's you know it's a little bit bad. It's it's on the spectrum towards <laughs> the bad end. Yeah, yeah. It's on, yeah, of of all of the th- if you put everything in a row, it's on the bad end. Yeah, it's sort yeah. towards the <laughs> towards the darker end. <laughs> I mean, I think helping Trump get elected that's would be for a, significant. Few steps further on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. yeah. and yes. Um, Putin himself claims, uh, or yeah. claimed at, at, in the beginning, that it wasn't, first of all, an invasion at all. No. Because actually, Ukraine isn't really a country anyway. The, the bits that, that, oh, they, that oh, he was okay. sending in troops on like the first couple of days, that was the, just an independent area that isn't really even part of Ukraine, which isn't really a country, uh, and it's kind of all part of Russia. And, and, and he was sending in peacekeeping troops. Ah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in order in order to recognise the the anti-government insurgents. Yeah. And then he claimed when they started yeah. bombing the rest of the country that yeah. that he was he was denazifying Ukraine because it was full of and run by 
Nazis. Yeah. Oddly weird, skipping over weird, the fact that Zelensky is Zelensky is Jewish. Jewish and his yeah has family members that mm. were killed in the Holocaust. Yeah. I think bombing the Holocaust memorial in Ukraine didn't help with claiming that he was denazifying. Denazifying it. No, I think that's probably the the complete opposite of that. Yeah. That's, that, yeah, that smacks of nazifying rather than denazifying. And certainly American yeah. Nazis like Nick Fuentes um mm-hmm. are very much on his on Putin's side yeah. when he had a, a white nationalist convention in Florida last week which was attended <laughs> Is there by any other kind of by, yeah, right. by uh yeah. by Marjorie Taylor Green and Paul Gosar attended yeah good white nationalists yeah Fuentes uh, urged the crowd to applaud Russia and had them chanting Putin Putin fucking hell <sighs> yeah they embraced the the concept of Putin and they're they're sufficiently far away to actually be isolated from what's actually happening. That that so they so they've got to sufficiently dehumanise the victims of Putin's attacks so that they can just go along with this idea that Putin is a rebel. He's a an anti-establishment figure, all of which they think they are on the right. They think they're. They think they're doing down the ancient and stultifying rituals of government. They're just going in and ripping up the playbook. And that's what Trump did. And that's why they love him. And that's why they like Putin. And that's why Trump likes Putin, because he's a bit of a rebel. He went in and kind of burned, you know, the the bonfire, had a bonfire of the vanities and took over. But actually, Putin... He's not just a commun an old good old fashioned communist leader. He's a czar. Yeah. He's he predates communism. He he wants to be an absolute ruler. He's a he's the very worst. He's like the bit the giant in in three hundred. You know that the Spartans fight. He he thinks he's descended from the gods. He is Caligula. You know he's that kind of he. He he can do nothing wrong, and anybody who gets in his way is worthless, and he can just tread on them. And if people object, he will just threaten to go nuclear, and go keep out of my war. This is nothing to do with you. These are worse than scum. I'm just going to eliminate them. And the right love that they're yeah. kind of going. Yeah, well, that's the what kind of leader Trump the would have wanted to be if he yeah. had anywhere near that kind of that level of power or respect you know from other people or frankly the intelligence or any any <laughs> yeah. ability yeah. to do or that the cunning, kind of thing the cunning, yeah. yeah um yeah so that's cuz cuz he valued the he he coveted that kind of power that putin had and that, yeah. and that kim jong un had and bolsonaro yeah. yeah yeah so so because i think a lot of this comes from loyalty to trump and and mm. because seeing that trump clearly favored putin without any question at all in fact yeah. just this this week he has has been talking about how intelligent and brilliant and he called him a genius he yeah yeah he said that it was very savvy of him to declare ukraine independent so that he could just kind of walk in and it not be called an invasion basically that was very right. that was genius yeah. 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 And and that's the thing Trump and people like him have been saying even if they're not saying he's doing the right thing they're saying 
isn't he brilliant how he's doing this thing that he's doing? Classic evil genius yeah. stuff, isn't it? You know, you you can see the thinking that he's applying, even the, even though it's wrong-headed. And the invasion yeah. has gone terribly. I mean, it's yeah. clear that he has not had the success that he expected. It's it's the the third of eight, March, uh, so yeah. we are what a week in roughly. Mm. I think I read today that the first major population centre has now been occupied by the Russian forces. Yeah, but that's it, and they are still thirty miles outside of Kiev, and Ukrainian farmers are holding the Russian troops back. There are the Ukrainians yeah. are just badass. They are kicking Russian soldiers' asses. There was a group of yeah. Ukrainian farmers who found a, I think, a 12 million pound Russian missile firing device like thing in, in wow. a field and, and kind yeah. of chased away the Russian soldiers and set fire to it. <laughs> there are <laughs> Russian tanks now appearing on eBay that have been carjacked, really? essentially tank-jacked, from from yeah. Russians, there are there is footage of just regular Ukrainians in the street going up to Russian soldiers, telling them to fuck off. To, there's there was yeah. a woman who who went viral for saying, you know, here are some sunflower seeds. Put them in your pockets so that when you die, at least sunflowers will grow in Ukraine. Wow! Uh, there was that amazing video of the soldiers on Snake Island that initially we thought had been killed by a Russian warship, but it turns out were taken prisoner, who right. who had this exchange with the Russian warship where the, the warship was saying, you know, surrender, basically, or we will fire on you. Yeah. And, you know, we have large cannons and you're just a piece of some people on an island. And the Ukrainian soldiers on the island said, Russian warship, go fuck yourself. And nice. that was their... I mean, they did... They, I imagine, assumed they were then going to die. But that was yeah. their response. It's like, no, we are we yeah. are not going to surrender. We are not going to lie down and take this. We'll we are fighting back. Zelensky is is in the streets in camo gear, taking up arms. He has refused offers from the West to get him out of the country, and he yeah. is saying, "No, I'm going to stay and fight alongside my people." He's a fucking comedian. He was on yeah, TV yeah. playing a president a few years ago. And he yep. got elected, and now he is in the street, in in military gear, ready to actually fight alongside his people. Um, yep. A reporter from, I think, Newsweek asked Trump, he said, uh, Zelensky is not abandoning his people in Ukraine. He's taking arm, arms up for his countrymen. If you were in a similar situation as president, would yep. you take up arms like Zelensky? To which the answer yeah. is obviously no. He'd run as fast as he possibly yeah. could, as fast as his little bone spurs would carry him in the other direction. Yeah, I'll be the I'll be the first one to jump in front of the gun's yeah. rifle at the next school shooting. To his yeah. very minimal credit, Trump didn't yeah. say yes. I'd be in there. You know, I'd be right there. He said, "Well, you never yeah. know about bravery." Some people think they're brave and they're not brave, and other people don't think of themselves as very brave and they step up. You never know until you get tested. So at least he said, you that know, sounds who can tell? Like a, a, yes, <laughs> that's a very, the most politician thing he said. We we know full well that he would. Yeah, we absolutely but, yeah, know the real. But it was so. a good, good way of saying it. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, in the UK, we've got an elected official who's become a comedian. Yeah. Our elected leader, he's turned into a, the comic relief. Well, it's not even a relief. It's awful. It's the worst. It's the opposite of relief. You know, that's, yeah. No, it's astonishing, isn't it? Who can't even face up to the public? Who will hide in the fridge? Can you imagine if, you know, if the UK was at war, Boris desperately wants to be Winston Churchill. Mm. If he, and I don't know that Churchill actually did do that. His wife famously visited the East End, um, but I don't think Churchill did. If if Boris was to walk amongst the people dressed up as Churchill, people would punch him in the face. Definitely, half he chance. Would, he, Absolutely. You know, he can't <laughs> he can't even turn up to his own constituency without people saying, "What the fuck are you doing here?" Yeah. You know, you should be in wherever it was, you know, sorting out whatever the the last time he tried to do that. He's just, he can't live outside the, the, that's what it is. He can't live outside the public school environment of Westminster. Anything other than that, if he's outside, he has to manage the environment that he's outside in. So it looks like he's doing what he's doing. But he's just, but he can't. Well, Zelensky, that's, uh, there is an absolute inspirational leader. He's the kind of guy that he is gifted loyalty from yeah. his people. And that's why they're fighting so fiercely. Putin demands loyalty. So the people that are protesting against the war, whether you're a, a woman or a schoolchild, they're being rounded up, beaten up, thrown into jail for arguing against the humanity, the sanity of this invasion. And what's what's heartening to watch is that despite the fact that you could get arrested and thrown in jail and tortured and disappeared, people are still doing Absolutely. it on the streets yeah, in of Moscow. huge numbers. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Meanwhile, Trump is claiming that it would... It wouldn't have happened if he was president. Because he knows because, Putin yeah. very well. Yeah, he knows it. It's just, it's just, oh. <laughs> where, is, where is that Australian journalist when you need Yeah, yeah. Where is the guy that would just say, you're, you're taking the piss, aren't you, mate? You don't know him. <laughs> he doesn't know you. What it's are you talking about? It's very insulting to Jonathan Swan, that, that impression. Yeah. But... <laughs> That was, my, that was my impression of the presenters of Mighty Car Mod, the Australian doing, doing, doing an interview with Trump. So <laughs> that's not a knife. This is a knife. So, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we probably don't have to remind you that Trump was impeached for 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 not giving Ukraine military aid unless yep. they helped him politically. Just so said nasty things about his op his yeah. opponent. And yeah. even now, even with that yeah. in such recent memory, Madison Cawthorn, alongside Representative Rosendale, who's another GOP congressman, have have introduced uh, bills to ban US aid going to Ukraine until the uh, southern border with Mexico is fully secured. Because they are, you know, that's a direct equivalent. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it? So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The the Cawthorn's bill mandates that the number of armed forces armed force members deployed to Ukraine, which there aren't any, 
there are no U.S. soldiers yeah. going to Ukraine, uh, must yeah. be less than the number deployed to the Mexican border. So that should be reasonably easy. Send one to the Mexican border, Very you've easy. done that. But they yeah. are specifically saying these people who are in trouble, who need yeah. need support, need help, help. Now. Yeah. We, are, we will not help them until we get no. something which is... Yeah. You know, something we want. Because they're not like us. They're not people yeah. like us. Obviously, that bill's not in a pass. Uh, it would be... No. It would be insane. I mean, not that yeah. insane political things haven't happened recently, yeah. but it's, <laughs> the, you know, yeah. it's not getting anywhere near. There are enough, uh, even Republicans, there are enough Republicans, yeah. um, like, wearing Ukraine pins, wearing yellow and blue, even at the State yeah. of the Union, and, and kind of saying out loud, we stand with Ukraine. So yeah, so that well, so one can only hope that there's a you know, that this might herald a move away from Trumpist idolatry. It feels to me in this reaction, you can see that there is a, a large number of the people in the Republican Party who are worried about being the Republican Party rather than the Trump Party. Yeah, I mean, even Lindsey Graham has said that Trump was wrong to call Putin a genius. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean that he won't be back to arse-licking shamelessly next week. But, oh yeah, you know, he's taking a, taking a short break from it, at least. So yeah. there's that. <laughs> yeah, he's getting his, <laughs> getting his tongue retreaded uh-huh. or something. Yes, <laughs> there's that. Yeah. And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. Betteridge's law says that if you ask a question in a headline, the answer is almost always no. And that's why you'll never see the headline, Is Tucker Carlson Racist? I feel like we don't even need examples to support this assertion, but another one presented itself this week, so we might as well. You see, Joe Biden announced his Supreme Court pick to replace retiring Justice Breyer. And as predicted on this very podcast a month ago, it's Katanji Brown-Jackson. Yes, you heard it here first. Unless, of course, you heard it somewhere else first, since she was... A pretty clear front runner, to be honest. <laughs> Tucker, who is the human equivalent of one of those psychic hotline ads that are legally required to say for entertainment purposes only, <laughs> responded to the news by asking why Biden didn't use part of his State of the Union address to tell the American public what Judge Brown Jackson's LSAT scores were. Actually, he didn't call her Judge Brown Jackson, he called her Kentaji Brown Jackson, because when you're a massive racist misogynist, it's important to deliberately mispronounce the names of impressive women of colour. Apart from the fact that he made no such request of Gorsuch, Kavanaugh or Amy Coney Barrett, leaving us to wonder just what is different this time, it's kind of amazing that he went all the way back to the LSATs, the test you take to get into law school. Of course, questioning anything she's done since would have led to Carlson being buried under an avalanche of evidence of how incredibly qualified she is for the Supreme Court. So he had to go back to the early 90s to claim the fact we don't have her test scores from before she had had any legal training at all proves some kind of cover-up. When the reality is, her LSAT scores were probably pretty fucking good since she got into Harvard, unlike, say, Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, yeah, let's go all the way back to... <laughs> when she was a toddler and say, ah, right, pass, pass your law exams now, <laughs> could you? No, you failed them. Yeah, didn't even take them. There was a point at which she wasn't a lawyer, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Ironically, given that one interpretation of artificial intelligence is exactly what QAnon followers possess, 
Linguistics researchers from France and Switzerland have used AI to interrogate the language used in QPost to determine who dropped them. The two teams from the Swiss ORF Analytics and French Computational Linguistics Florian Cafiero and Jean-Baptiste Comp. Something feels so right about linguistics being the preserve of countries with a potpourri of languages with names that you can't <laughs> pronounce. I've determined that South African software developer Paul Ferber and message board operator Ron Watkins are most likely the men behind Q. Seemingly tired of the anonymity, Ron is now running for Congress. And both men, of course, speaking to the New York Times, denied being Q. We all just started talking like him, said Ferber, adding, he took over our lives, literally. Yeah, when you're speaking to the New York Times about research done by linguists, don't you think someone would be studying your cadence and timbre for hints of lies? Viewers of the HBO series Q Into the Storm, me, are all jumping up and down saying, yeah, told you so, but beware your cognitive biases, young man. The researchers only hold it to be about 90% accurate, tee hee. But what it does, of course, with 90% accuracy, is rule out Trump, Michael Flynn and Roger Stone as ever being Q. We await, of course, the QAnon's inevitable conspiracy theories explaining the findings. Back when the Supreme Court was a bit less religiously fanatical, we talked about the masterpiece cake shop ruling in which a baker was allowed to be a bigot, but only in very specific circumstances. Well, they're back, and this time handmaiden Amy Coney Barrett is there too. The court has agreed to hear a case called 303 Creative versus Elenis. 303 Creative is a web design company run by a bigot named Laurie Smith, who doesn't design wedding websites. But if, in the future, she decides to start designing wedding websites, she wants to be able to refuse to make one for those icky same-sex couples. And since Colorado has laws against that kind of thing, she decided to sue the state to block enforcement of the law because she really, really doesn't want to, because Jesus. And as far as she's concerned, that should be enough. It wasn't enough for the lower courts who ruled against her, but the sad thing is, with this Supreme Court, it probably will do just fine. So what point is she making? She kind of... So it, I don't do this, but in, if I if I ever want to, I'm not going to, and I want to be able to... She's never been asked to do this, but if anyone ever asks, she wants to be able to say no. Fuck off! <laughs> She wants the Supreme Court of America yeah, to, say to tell it, her that she can tell gay people to fuck off yeah. if they want a website from her. When they wouldn't ask, ask one from her because that's not what she does. Nobody's forcing you to Nobody do that. Nobody wants one of no. your shitty websites. No. Nobody's <laughs> forcing you to do it. Just shut up. <sighs> Were you thinking of visiting friends in Washington last January 6th? And whilst there, take in a little breaking and entering or joining in an illegal insurrectionist assault on government buildings. Of course, if you were, you took care not to incriminate yourself by purchasing anything online with your bank card, like, say, a vintage Texas flag, or maybe a patch for the back of your helmet from right-wing fascist rioters' go-to decorative merch site, oathkeepers.org. And of course, if you go to park locally and pay by card, at least get the whole day ticket. No point in alerting the authorities. Of course, if your name is Jeffrey Shuff, you're also going to do more and be 
as inconspicuous as possible in the process of shoulder-charging the line of Capitol Hill police and climbing through a shattered window by definitely not wearing a really bright tan pleather jacket that Starsky's pal Hutch might balk at. And that guy knew Huggy Bear. And this is where the fun really starts. Forget revenge porn. Some four months later, a week after she broke up with him, Shuff's ex-girlfriend confirmed to the FBI that suspect hashtag Texas Pleather was indeed Shuff. In response to a tipster identifying him and his hutch jacket on the Be On The Lookout posters. That's why it was always cooler to have a Starsky jumper and Starsky's much cooler car. No one would ever break up with you then, you idiot. The Florida House of Representatives has passed House Bill 1557, which has come to be known as the Don't Say Gay Bill, and it's on its way to the Senate to be confirmed. The bill essentially requires schools to out any students to their parents who they discover are gender non-conforming or simply not straight, and it prohibits any discussion in school about sexuality or gender before third grade or quote, in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. But just to be clear, those are Florida state standards, so it's almost as bad as it could be. I say almost because if a proposed amendment to the bill hadn't been withdrawn last month, it would have actually been worse. Yes, worse than a bill that only exists to make life harder for LGBTQ plus youth. Representative Joe Harding wanted to put a six-week time limit on the school outing kids and, and I swear I'm not making this up, specifically require that outing to occur even in cases where the school expected it would result in abuse, abandonment or neglect. The original bill says that if that was likely, the school didn't have to tell the parents. And this fucking arsehole was like... I don't know. I think we should force them to ruin those kids' lives with no exceptions. To be clear, even without that, it's still really fucking bad, and it's almost certainly going to pass. Fuck. Why don't they have in places like the Florida House of Representatives? I, I'm reasonably sure we can't legally say that. <laughs> Why don't they? I'm only asking. I'm young, definitely question. cutting this out. That's, there's no <laughs> yeah. way this is making the edit. But, yeah, just a question. Just quite, just yeah. asking questions. Yeah, yeah. Just, I think this question should be asked. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ! Speaking of definitely not cute psychopathic Prince Charles lookalike Roger Stone, who has a bit of a history of hiring thugs for security. Well, hell, he is a hired thug, so you know, play to your strengths. Well, he's possibly moving one step closer to being nabbed by the feds for his part in fermenting the capital riots, since Joshua James a member of the Oath Keepers, yep, other right-wing fascist merch supplies are available, has pleaded guilty to seditious conspiracy and obstruction of justice after communicating and congregating with several other keepers, or is that Oathers, before and during the riot. He was hired by Stone as his security on January the 5th and 6th, and in being the first to plead guilty to charges that carry a 20-year sentence, if other capital rioters are anything to go by, cooperating with the investigation is likely to be part of a plea deal. While Stone has not been charged in connection with the riots, James's guilty plea raises the prospect of a potent witness turning on key players in the violent insurrection. Sometimes those down-home homilies like, oh, I don't know, there's no honour amongst thieves, ought to be uppermost in your mind when hiring staff, eh? 
Makes you proud, boys, doesn't it? Ha, ha, ha. Biden gave his first real State of the Union address this week and it was largely well received, even prompting a few bipartisan standing ovations. However, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert were also there and they decided to show the world exactly how classy they are by heckling Biden like Snooky and Jenny after a long drinking session at a comedy club. At one point they tried and failed to get a chant going of Build the Wall and MTG yelled something about women's sports while Biden talked about supporting transgender Americans. Meanwhile, Boebert came prepared with a zinger about the 13 servicemen who died during the withdrawal from Afghanistan and waited for just the right moment to let old Joe have it. But since she's exactly the kind of person you think she is, she decided that the best moment was when Joe was talking about his son who died of cancer because of the toxic burn pits he and his fellow soldiers had to sleep near and how Joe was committed to supporting the troops to avoid things like that happening in the future. You get him, Lauren. Meanwhile, in the UK, tone deaf when it comes to optics, as usual, Tory MPs voted themselves a pay rise of £2,200 for 2021's dramatically increased duties. In the same week that home energy prices and personal tax levies went way up. Well, I guess they've got to raise the capital for their pay rise somehow. And did these duties involve continuing to provide 24-hour PPE-dressed health care in the face of a diminished workforce struck down ill and dying by COVID? Or did they actually involve holding, hiding and lying about parties and smuggling suitcases of wine past policemen whilst telling policemen to look the other way? You decide. Meanwhile... The EU leads the way in responding to the Ukraine invasion without having the irritating, self-serving, whinging UK to hold them back. And Boris is consequently feeling a bit left out. What with the Tories' role in making the UK a ruble laundromat suddenly becoming very apparent. Determined not to stay home to sort out effective refugee policies or sanctions or do anything other than say Putin must fail, he jetted off to a photo op in Poland and Estonia to say it there. Mind you, it's not like he hasn't got form for this. He failed to attend an emergency defence meeting following the Russian Novichok poisonings in Salisbury in 2018 because he was in his foreign ministry office having a photo taken of him resigning from Theresa May's cabinet over her Brexit deal, the self-same deal he later used as oven ready to get elected as Prime Minister. In other news, rules don't seem to apply to the royals either. Prince Andrew sent £12 million to a woman he'd apparently never heard of. As someone else he doesn't know, I'm still deciding what to spend mine on. And after having tested positive for COVID, Prince Charles visited his mum, the Queen. So now she's got it and is cancelling appearances left, right and centre. Perhaps Charles is deploying the Johnson-Trump-Putin playbook. If the role of king is not being offered quickly enough, simply launch biological warfare. It does feel like that, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. He's like, oh, oh, bloody hell, it's been years and I'm still not king. Yeah. What can I... <laughs> she's she's 95. How much longer could she last? Her mother lived to 104. <laughs> so, you know, he he's going to be 80 before he ascends the throne. That's what it really does get his goat. Yeah. So he just got, oh, God, I'm just going to see the old girl off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get podcasts or simply tell one other person in person about how much they'd like our podcast. 
and you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump. Just like our strawman level patrons Stephen Bickle, Schmoots, Mark Reiki and Amber R. Buchanan, and our true Scotsman level patrons Kaz Tui, Andrew Houck, Max Beaver, and our top patron Lauren. Thank you very much for your support, people. It really is very appreciated. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fallacious Trump. All music is by The Outbursts, as will use with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right, go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. You decided not to do a South African accent for Paul further than I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> no, that could do. Okay. Probably best. Yeah. <laughs> Oi, we all started talking like him. He took over our lives, literally. <laughs> okay, well, now I've got options, at least in the edit. You could drop that in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>